0: Hello and welcome to an Oh God, What Now? ExtraCast. I'm Andrew Harrison and we're going to look at the 2023 local election results. Here with the official Ogwin Swingometer, I have two of Britain's foremost sophologists. Hello, Naomi Smith, CEO of Best of Britain. How are you?
1: <laughs> Hi, Andrew. I am not a sophologist.
0: How's your swingometer?
1: That is misleading. Uh, it's, it, it's swinging around the place because we're recording this before the final tally is in. But hopefully we can still say some interesting things for our listeners.
0: Also jumping around in front of a swinging pendulum, it's Podmasters contributing editor, Roz Taylor. Hi, Roz. Hello, Andrew. I am also not a sophologist, but can I just say, why aren't there any female
2: sophologists that I can name? They are all male. It's very bad.
0: There's a gap in the market there. I'm not a sophologist, but I play one on TV. So right, the (laughs) results are still coming in. But the headline appears to be a complete kicking for the Conservative Party. The last time these seats were contested was in 2019 when Theresa May was absolutely on her arse and about to be forced out. The Tories lost more than 1,300 seats then. Somehow they're losing yet more now. At the time of recording, the Tories had lost 456 seats. Labour had taken Swindon, Plymouth, Stoke-on-Trent, Medway and East Staffordshire councils. The Lib Dems have taken Stratford-on-Avon, Windsor, Maidenhead and South Hams. And Keir Starmer says his party's on course to win the next general election. me, he would say that, wouldn't he? But is he right?
1: Well, listen, um, I think a lot of things. And as listeners will know, um, I am one that will always try to exercise caution and don't take anything for granted. But without question, it has been a very bad night for the Conservatives. Yes. However, if you cast your minds back, and many of our listeners will be too young, I'm sure to remember this. But we had the the post poll tax local elections in the early 90s, when the Conservatives did appallingly badly and went on to win the 1992 general election. So, yes, undoubtedly a bad night for the Conservatives. But on the one hand, you've got commentators like Peston saying it is a clear Labour majority come the general election from tonight's results. And on the other hand, you've got Andrew Marr saying it's clear we're headed for a hung parliament. So I think what is clear is that Extrapolating local election results onto a general election is anything but clear at this moment in time.
0: Pausing only to say, Middlesbrough Labour gain because it's just come through. They just got another one. Um, there were no votes in London or Wales this time, where there are two very strong Labour areas. Does that distort it much? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know there are there. Are, I mean, when we're doing the comparison, it's with 2019, so it's the exact sort of same seat. So, so I, I don't think there's too much distortion there. Um, Turnout is interesting. I think it looks very, very clear that lots of Conservatives stayed at home. When you take places that I think have have retained uh, Tory control, like Dudley and Harlow, in some areas of Dudley, turnout was 18 percent, Harlow 22 percent. So in the in the sort of more conservative voting areas, turnout seems to be even lower than it was nationally so you know uh, bear that in mind would would that turnout still be so low come a general election? Are those people that aren't gonna risk you know labor getting into number ten but are happy for somebody else to run the council? Maybe I think the other thing to remember is that in twenty nineteen lots of people went independent as well though that that was that was the year that we saw the big rise in the number of independent councillors um um, and, you know, that they don't seem to be having such a, a good time of it this time round um, and people going back to Labour or transferring to Labour uh, and away from the Conservatives and all the Lib Dems and Greens in in other areas that you're looking at.
0: That is really interesting that, that turnout thing, because it, it does relate possibly to voter ID, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but Roz, um, before this election, senior conservatives were talking about losing a thousand seats, obviously softening us up on expectation management, uh, casting things as a bad result, uh, so that they could beat it. But it actually looks like that might well happen. Ros, what, what, what does this mean in conservative central office for looking at the future?
2: Well, it means that talk of a Tory renaissance is obviously for the birds. And it turns out that people don't really want to vote for a bad government much more than they want to vote for a really appalling government. Uh, That said, of course, there is no real threat to Sunak, no matter what grumbles you may hear over the next 24 hours from Tories who want him to do things like cut taxes and possibly build more houses or possibly build no more houses at all. I don't think they really know what they want on that front. But that he is is safe. They have now got to stick with him. And what he has to keep doing now is plugging away at his five pledges, uh, which currently we really see no signs of improvement at all, particularly in the NHS and small boats and inflation, all of which are proving very, very stubborn and hard to tackle. Of course, we had Sunak had his minor breakthrough, I would describe it, on the Northern Ireland um, agreement. And um, that was good news for him. But I don't think that has had much relevance to the way people are voting in these elections. And certainly, it hasn't even led to a return of the uh, Northern Ireland Assembly at, at Stormont yet. So I think that the conservatives will just feel now that they have to keep you know plugging on plugging away hoping there's something some perhaps some scandal around starmer hoping that starmer's momentum breaks and that he can't in the end come up with a vision for the future of britain which people feel they really want to vote for in 2024
0: Sunak's been largely invisible on this locals campaign. And Okay, Prime Ministers tend not to get too involved, but he's been absolutely, com- completely absent. Traditionally, when there's a disaster, somebody carries the can. Is there anybody left to carry the can for this?
2: Well, there's always Greg Hans, the party chairman, of course um so there's a possibility he could uh but i don't know what what in a sense you know they 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 were expecting bad things if you go if you go into a local elections and say that you may well lose a thousand seats and then you do lose a thousand seats um i'm not sure that you really have a good case for getting rid of your party chairman which is after
1: all a job that they really struggle to fill you've got some really interesting seats where um uh, the Tory MP has already said that they're they're stepping down. But locally, the, the Tories were incredibly strong both in um, uh, general election Westminster votes and and in local elections. You take somewhere like Bracknell. Last time round, they got thirty seven Conservative councillors, four Labour, one Lib Dem. Last night, that went down to eight Conservatives, twenty two Labour. So down twenty nine Tory councillors, up eighteen three Lib Dem and two Green really big changes happening Oliver Dowden's seat as well Sajid Jarvis seat all seeing really 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 big changes and I don't know what time uh, this podcast will go out versus results coming in but if you're getting this beforehand the ones to still watch out for I think are Waverly uh with Jeremy Hunt and uh Spellthorne which of course is Kwarteng's seat. Um, and in Waverley, the Lib Dems recommended the Greens, that the, the candidates stood back and endorsed the other parties. So you have also got some progressive alliance stuff happening in spite of party HQs telling them not to do it, but organising locally to try and take control of the council or wrestle it away from the Conservatives.
0: Well, just so the listeners can compare and contrast, it's it's fifteen it's fifteen forty three by my iPad, and the Conservatives have just lost control of Tewkesbury. so it's just uh, they keep flooding in, and they've just lost control of Staffordshire Moorlands as well. No, 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 no overall control is having a fantastic night. I might join that party.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask Naomi what happened in Stratford upon Avon, because the Labour did stand in Stratford upon Avon, but they were pretty much wiped out, and Lib Dems have taken control, and the Greens have also done very well. Um the Tories have basically been removed. Was there an informal deal there of some kind, or of, was it just did people realise that they
1: needed to vote tactically? Um, I don't know about what happened locally. So I will let listeners who live in Stratford um and support Greens of Dems, Labour, etc., uh jump on our Twitter and tell us whether or not anything went on there. I hope it did, because where it didn't, we call them tragedy seats. Uh, so for instance, Rochford, four-way marginal. Um the cons got, well, they, they got to hold control with just 31% of the vote. Labour got 27, Lib Dems got 21, Green got 20. Quite clearly, that's a tragedy. The vast majority of the people of Rochford did not want the, con- the Conservatives to keep control, um, and and had the Progressive party got their act together, as has happened quite clearly in some other parts of the country. Oh, so for instance, in Oxfordshire, even the MP for the Lib Dems, Leila Moran, in Oxford West and Abingdon, put out literature endorsing uh, Greens in a in a particular ward. Um, and, and, and the Lib Dems backed off and, and, and probably got into some significant trouble from Lib Dem headquarters for doing so. But where where, where local parties take it into their own hands to do these things, it does work at getting around this dreadful first-past-the-post voting system.
0: Ros, you think Sunak's safe as a result of this, but uh, Lord Peter Cruddas's oddball Tory right-wing site, the Conservative Post, is already within hours of the first results coming in saying, is it time for the Conservative Party to bring back Boris, or at least a democratically elected leader, they say pointedly. Are we going to have to steel ourselves for another insurrection the Conservative Party, however unsuccessful?
2: No, we're not. This is it. He's he's not coming back. I'm sorry. They they may enjoy their drama, but there is no way that Boris Johnson is returning as prime minister. It would be risible for a party to having got through three prime ministers last year to then bring back one of the ones that they so you know, utterly repudiated. Uh, there is no possibility of this happening. It's just Boris's friends wanting to humour Boris, in my view. And uh, it's it's pathetic,
1: frankly.
0: But a tearful Nadine Dorries was seen on television, etc., etc. Um, <laughs> looking into the... Oh, by the way, Labour gain high peak. Another one.
1: That, that's, a, that's a totemic red wall-y kind of seat that flipped under the... Uh, in, in Westminster elections, flipped from Labour to the Conservatives in 2019. Which
0: brings me exactly to to uh, what what I was looking at. Uh, looking into the specifics, Stoke-on-Trent's gone Labour, Blackpool's gone Labour. Woke-on-Trent,
1: Woke sorry, you need to now give it Trent proper name. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Woke-on-Trent is drinking the oat milk of victory, having gone Labour. Blackpool's gone Labour from nowhere we're all, all control. Hype Peak's just gone Labour. It's bad news with Gullison and Benton. Is the red wall red again, or at least some kind of like off-pink, salmon-y type of colour?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think these, these uh, seats are returning to... Know, traditional Labour support, I think there is, and it seems that in the Midlands, particularly places like Derbyshire and in Stoke and so on, that people have had enough of uh, of, of, of Tory government, and they do want to punish the Tories. And I think this is that that's the message that you're saying today. I mean, let's face it, today is not an overwhelming, overwhelming endorsement for the Labour Party, but it was never going to be, and people who thought that it was going to be. Um, haven't really thought about what happens at local elections. Local elections are a chance to kick the party in power and see if a, a different party can do something, you know, can shake up your local council a bit. Can, if they're a chance to express your underlying support for perhaps the Greens, which you might feel was a completely wasted vote in a general election, which it usually is. And they're not comparable. And I think given all those things going on and people can point to, to the Labour vote share not being as high as they might hope it would be in a general election. Well, no, of course it won't be. And what we have to hope now is that Labour before the next election, which could be as far off as 18 months away after all, will be able to build up a sense of excitement and momentum for a Labour government. Because that is the thing I think that is missing and that we all feel the lack of at the moment. For all that Starmer has set out some policies, there isn't a clear sense among the public of what he would do. It's clear he would be different, but what would he do? That is the question that they need to answer, but they have still got loads and loads of time to answer it. And let's face it, the Starmer project has gone pretty well so far.
0: Naomi, how about your old parcel Lib Dems? Up 145 seats, took Stratford-on-Avon, Windsor and Maidenhead. Uh, is the is the day Lucian on?
1: They're doing well. Um, And Liberal Democrats traditionally did do very well in local elections until the coalition. A lot of talk today is, of course, comparing to the last time these seats were up, which was in 2019. But remember, they were up four years before that as well in 2015, which was also the night of that disastrous general election uh, when, when under Nick Clegg, they lost almost all of their MPs and, and were reduced to a rump, having been big enough to be a coalition partner in government for the five years preceding that. So they were starting from an incredibly low base in this set of seats that are up. And, Ros, I think it was you that told me that councils are, are being persuaded to, to count much more quickly this year because of the coronation and having to get space back and staff back uh, for all those sorts of things. So, hopefully, we'll get a clearer picture soon. But um, the Lib Dems are doing better. They are being very strategic in where they're focusing their time and attention, and we've heard this narrative from Ed Davey, from Daisy Cooper, the deputy leader, over and over and over, that it's the blue wall that's their focus, that that's where they're going to try and hurt the Conservatives, and they are very good at doing local, local, local electioneering. This is what they are excellent at. They are often... Uh, described in unflattering terms as a leaflet delivery cult because they are so good at putting pieces of paper through people's letterboxes. If they are getting about, you know, 25% of the vote share, look, it's for the birds if we think that's going to translate into um, a similar vote share for them at a Westminster election as things stand at the moment. Um, But certainly in terms of taking on the Conservatives in those blue wall areas in local elections, they are back in the game in a way that they really weren't um uh, in the post-2015 era.
0: Let's talk about the colossal elephant in the voting booth, Voter ID. These are the first set of elections under the hated new scheme. We've read stories of uh, a woman in her 90s being turned away for having the wrong uh, ID. Self-appointed party greeters asking people to show ID before they enter the polling station and turning them away, I meaning that they're, they're not recorded as being unable to vote. Naomi, Besser Britain has been monitoring uh, this evidence and calling for it on Twitter. What have you been hearing and finding out?
1: Nothing Nothing is making people angrier and it makes my blood boil. Uh, it makes your heart break when you hear about the nurse who finished a shift, turned up to vote, had her NHS security pass with her, it was photographic ID, gets told no. And as you quite rightly point out, when the greeters are turning people away so that we can't even officially record them as not being eligible to vote because of incorrect ID being on them, Understanding the full scale of this is going to be very, very difficult to do indeed. But the data, if you like, the stories that are coming through thick and fast are that it did have an impact. So what do I think? Well, one, how incredible that the Tories did this badly, even with their voter suppression activities in place. How much worse would the Conservatives have done? versus the opposition parties, if we hadn't had voter ID in place. Two, we know that the Electoral Commission will be uh, looking into this and doing a kind of interim report in the summer as to what they think the impact was. And then the government itself is doing an inquiry that I think doesn't report until mid to late autumn. So we're not going to know for quite a while. We're not going to know the true extent because of, of what we talked about previously. If people are angry, and you should be angry, you can tell the government, if you go to Best for Britain's Twitter feed, the pinned tweet at the moment, we've created a tool, one button, and it will send a message to the Department for uh, Housing, Leveling Up and Communities, which is GOV's ministry that looks after elections and has a responsibility for voter ID, and it will register your anger at what has happened. Um, so please do do go and do that. But we'll actually
0: make that easier because we'll put a link in the show notes. So great, if you're listening on your you. phone now, just go straight on your phone. Just click, press the button and and, uh, and that'll happen.
1: Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, and, you know, in many, in many senses, as awful as it is for for those that are standing for election in this set, at least we've almost had this stress rehearsal well ahead of a general election to all fully appreciate how terrible this is. And hopefully, if nothing else, it has raised awareness with many more people, that they are going to need to bring the correct form of photographic ID when it comes to a general election. And the final thing, I think, is that we're probably not going to see, regardless of the outcome of any of these inquiries, a rowing back on voter ID. What I suspect we will see is just an increase in the types of photographic ID that are permissible until effectively you probably can turn up with your Oyster card and, and get in that way.
0: Ross, it's not just on the day that um, the the voter ID thing has gone right off the rails The big issue investigated and found that 1 in 18 applications for the government's free form of voter ID The one that is supposed to allow you to vote if you don't have a driving licence, passport or any one of the numerous OAP things 1 in 18 of those applications has been rejected So, I mean, it's kind of, it's failure across the board, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean that's is appalling. Doesn't surprise me too much, given the state that local authorities are in, uh, their limited resources, and the fact they were the ones issuing these uh, these IDs rather than any kind of central government. It's not surprising that they've failed in their uh, in in the job of doing that, given that they fail on multiple levels, um, partly through having inadequate resources. And I think it's worth pointing out that while this has been uh, a useful rehearsal, If you like, the fact is that people who turn out to vote in local elections are the really dedicated, you know, Naomi pointed out how low turnout has been down to 19% or so in some, some uh, councils. And when we get to the general election, when around two thirds of people generally, at least turn out to vote. There will be a lot more people who were hoping to vote who may well still not realise that they needed ID or will not have the right ID, and we just do need to keep up the pressure. And I really hope that you're right, Naomi, to say that the the range of ID acceptable ID will expand because if we can't get rid of this appalling legislation, then I suppose that's the best we can do, and it's wholly unsatisfactory, but. It, perhaps, you know, we, we, that, that, that is all that we can try and do.
0: Well, apparently it's worth spending £200 million to prevent one person from voting falsely. But if hundreds or possibly thousands of people are disenfranchised, then that's absolutely fine. I, you know I, I, it's it's very hard to make this argument stand up on the basic you know they the, the kind of imagine the conversation with your mum or your dad you know the common sense level of things
2: any thwarted vote is a disgrace and it is appalling it is someone who has taken the time to turn up to a polling station and wants to cast their vote and wants to take part in democracy and has been told that they can't and that is just straightforwardly awful to turn them away and that's why i feel so strongly on this issue and i know naomi does too
0: Yeah. Uh, We've seen no uh, prospect really of Labour repealing this legislation. They just haven't talked about it. Do you think it's part of the the sort of scorched earth Tory strategy of putting extreme legislation in place and basically daring Labour to go through the, uh, the trouble of undoing it when they're in government?
1: there's so much to do though there's so much where would you begin and why would you you know if you look at the awful things that this government has done from anti-democratic measures around protest around voting around freedom of our media the ability of the the courts to act independently the 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 constraints it's putting on all avenues to accountability not least uh, judicial reviews and things like that, all the way through to then the terrible things they've done on nationality and borders, uh, asylum, you name it. Where do you even begin if if you are going to waste time repealing law? What can you point to and say that you've actually done and delivered? So I, I think Labour are in a really difficult position on that one because where would you where would you begin prioritising what is so egregious that has to be repealed and. Where was Where is the parliamentary space for that if you've got to push through the stuff that you were elected to do and deliver on?
0: Well, let's cling to the happy thing, which is an absolute pounding for the Conservatives in the local elections this time. Thank you, Ross. Thank you. And thank you, Nomi.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Listeners, thanks for listening to this special election cast edition of Oh God, What Now? We hope you've, uh, you've enjoyed it. Uh, enjoy an exciting long weekend, pledging allegiance to the King. Uh, have a lovely bank holiday, and we'll see you
1: next week. <laughs> I'm